For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check us out on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Plenty of content there every single day and night, including the Dono Daily. That's every single day at 12 on South Florida Sports. I will be back on Wednesday. I got my old friend Joe Goodman Jr. We may tell some big three stories to so check us out on the starting nine. That's at 9 a.m. Also check out five reasonsports.com. Our guy Brady Hawk is now breaking down Miami heat sets that we may see this season. So if you're into that kind of stuff and we'll probably have Brady on the pod here to go through some of it and actually explain it to me in English, uh, because obviously Brady does a great job with it. He's far more advanced at 18 than I am at 48. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. We'll tell you about this one quite a bit. It's our friends over at Therapist Preferred. Go to therapistpreferred.com. This is a CBD company founded in 2019 by physical therapists to maximize performance and recovery for active people. 100% THC-free and third-party lab verified. All the products made in the U.S. with cutting-edge technology. Just realized actually last night that I'm down to five, so I just ordered some more today. You can get the CBD sports cream, the strawberry lemonade gummies, the green apple gummies, the tincture, they got plenty of other products there on the site. Use the promo code five reasons at therapistpreferred.com. That's the code five, the number reasons for 25% off your order plus free shipping. To go to therapistpreferred.com, this is where you want to be shopping for your CBD. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this day. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. You can follow Greg Sylvander at Greg Sylvander. My voice is somewhat back tonight, so we decided to do another episode and we're going to do another of these more philosophical episodes tonight, not as much X's and O's and get into Pat Riley. And here's kind of why I was thinking this today. Um, been covering this dolphin story from afar, uh, everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson and some of the dysfunction uh, that's occurring. I don't know if it's all the dolphins fault, but it's certainly been brought to the dolphins doorstep, the way that they handled this story. And then ultimately they finally did uh, today what, you know, I said they should do, which is what the heat did, which is they found a way to quell the story a little bit by reaching out to reporters and kind of getting their word out behind the scenes. And so that's essentially what they did. It's what the heat did with the James Harden story about a week before the season. I thought the Dolphins should do something similar. If you read Jeff Darlington's Twitter feed today, you'll kind of see what the Dolphins did. Um, but it got me thinking again about 
Pat Riley, um, because of this, we don't worry about this sort of stuff with the heat. Uh, you know, we're talking about more than a quarter century. Now that Riley's been here, you're talking about 20 playoff appearances, only missing the playoffs six times. You're talking about six NBA finals appearances, three championships. Um, and obviously now they're primed to make another contending run. We don't know how far, but they seem to be perceived as one of the top four or five teams in the Eastern conference, which gives them a shot. And so I, what I wanted to look at with both Greg and Alex tonight is what defines success for this era for Riley, because the entire tenure is a success. I mean, literally they could be the worst team in the league for the next three years. It's still a success. Okay. I mean, you make the playoffs that many times you win championships, you change the tenor of this entire sports town from undoubtedly a, a football town to something that for the younger generation, anybody pretty much under 35 is a basketball town because that's the success that they remember. They don't, they, most of them didn't watch Marino play. And ultimately that didn't lead to a championship anyway. So the tenure is a success no matter what, but this era, and, and I look at this era as kind of, I would, I would call it Greg, either post big three, or if we want to define it a little bit more specifically, it's the Jimmy Butler acquisition because I think that we look at that as one of those brief valleys that the heat took uh, much briefer than other organizations, not as deep as other organizations, but it didn't lead to any kind of great success other than bringing Dwayne back and, you know, getting, you know, doing the last dance. So however you want to define it, Greg, what is success for this Riley era as he enters the latter stages of his seventies? Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. No, joking. Um, it's funny when we when we talked about this topic. If we, I think, if we went back to the Jimmy Butler acquisition, because you, because that's a good place to start, and I think that it's really important to distinguish that the post Big Three era is not this. Like that was that Dwayne Wade, uh, Goran Dragic, Chris Bosh, Hassan Whiteside thing. Um, and this is the Jimmy era. You're right. Like from that acquisition point forward. And I think if you went back to that summer and you said, if you make a finals appearance in the Jimmy Butler era, is it a success? Most reasonable heat fans would say, yes, that's already happened. The goalposts have now been moved and the expectations have changed. I think personally for the Jimmy Butler era to be considered a resounding success with no looking back, um, with any regret, you got to get there again. You got to get back to the finals. I, and I hate to kind of put a qualifier on it like that. That's so tangible, but I just feel like they got there once and now it's time to get there out outside of the bubble. And that will kind of constitute this era with Jimmy and Riley as a success from my perspective. I'm with you on this. Uh, the goalpost moved because of a strange season. And I've, I've said repeatedly, that it wasn't a fluke. The, the Heat took advantage of the circumstances that existed in the bubble because they were kind of the kind of organization that could. And, and that is a credit to Riley Spolstra and the players. They shouldn't be demeaned because of that. They took advantage of it because, again, they could. They, they were a serious organization that knew what they were doing with that kind of a routine, and the players were good enough to carry it forward. But, Alex, now that they got to the finals, I do feel it recalibrated the expectations for a heat fan. So, so let me ask you this. If we're looking two years out, okay. And regardless of whether the heat are able to acquire another whale or whether this is it, because, and it may be it because they pretty much, you know, they pretty much locked in, they locked into the Jimmy's Jimmy's extension. They locked in the bam. They've locked in the Lowry now for three seasons. 
if, if this is it, and, and maybe they make one more finals or they make an Eastern Conference finals, how do you think this era gets perceived? Do they need to cash in with the championship for everybody to feel like Pat rode off into the sunset the way he should? Well, I think that's everybody's ideal way for things to go, right? And I think that's, you know, it's obvious to, to say that, you know, kind of like you said, the goalposts have been moved and their obvious goal is to win the championship. And they they got a taste of that finals with their two best players being Jimmy and Bam, you know, Goran being right there. Lowry is looking to be kind of that replacement. So, and, and I know that's just kind of basic math, simplifying everything, but I'm just saying like this team, I think has nothing but finals expectations, even though they're going to be looked at as underdogs again. And we can say that they're comfortable being there and we can all look at, this team and say, you know, if they lose in the second round to the, to the Brooklyn Nets or losing the conference finals to the Bucks or the Nets or something like that, like a team that everybody else would, would say is better than you, you look at it and like, okay, that's not a terrible way to go out, you know, as opposed to getting swept in the first round like they just did. But I just think internally, there's no way everything to them isn't about getting back to the finals to go for that title. It's such a weird spot that they're in, right? Cause it's like, they almost, they're forced to go all in because like, this is the core and they have to figure out a way to maximize it now. And if this thing doesn't work with Lowry, like they're locked into it and the goalposts have moved to the point where they may have to make a huge move if it doesn't work immediately. Right. Ethan, like, am I crazy? Like that's how the expectations have changed. Like this thing has to get done now. Yeah, it does. It's funny to me though, that today there was this conversation on Twitter about Steve Ross. Okay who has not enjoyed any of the success that Pat Riley has in Miami. I mean, since Ross bought the team, they haven't won a playoff game. I mean, they haven't won a playoff game going nine years back further than that. Okay. Uh, back to 2000 when, when Heisinga was still the owner, but it's funny because there was a lot of talk today. Well, Steve Ross, and this was reported by pro football talk and then others, Steve Ross is 81 years old and he wants to win a championship before he moves on from the whole situation. Okay. Whatever you call moving on. But we don't really talk about that in, in Riley terms because we just sort of assume he's going to be there forever, right? Like, so I, I don't feel like we put uh, that same clock on it necessarily. With it. I think we talk about Jimmy's clock as a player more that's than we true. talk about Pat's clock. But I do wonder at what point, and I know the biggest joke that's ever been told, biggest lie is that Pat's going to go retire to Malibu. I get it. But I, I do wonder at, at what point, Greg, that clock does enter in where it's like, okay, we need to accelerate this era a little bit, you know, while he can still enjoy it and he can still be in charge of it. Um, and so I, I, I don't feel, I don't feel this off season though, that they sacrifice the future to do it. I, I know no, some would say right. paying a point guard of that age, that much money is, but he was the best available player on the market that no fit what they need to do. So I, I don't, it doesn't feel panicky to me. Like the no other move, right, right. And they didn't mortgage it completely. They still held on to Tyler hero. Uh, you know, they, they, they obviously, you know, they're still developing young players. Okay. So I don't feel like they said, Oh, we got to go all in with all old guys. Now it feels that way with the Lakers right now, it feels like they're on LeBron's clock and they, they're trying to win one right now with LeBron before the thing falls apart. I don't feel like with Pat, but I feel like at some point that may be the case, I, you know, maybe a year from now or something like that, where you're right, Greg, where it's like, okay, we're just, we're going to take the huge risk because we got to get one now. Um, and, and I think to Alex's point, when you mentioned the nets, I mean, the heat are not in, not considered to be favorites to win a title over the next couple of years. As long as that core is together in Brooklyn, as long as LeBron is still ambulatory, 
Um, and then you look at some of the other teams around the league, whether it's a Denver or Phoenix, uh, you know, some of the better Utah, some of the better, <laughs> better teams that maybe have a little bit more youth with them there. And then Milwaukee is the defending champions. They're not expected to win a title, Greg. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so but internally, I, I think that they are. And that's where I feel okay. like to your point, if, if things don't start, to, if they don't get off to a good start, if they don't look like they think that they can contend with those teams because they just need to be. Um, like I think that that sometimes Heat fans think that the expectation is that the that the Heat are the 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 favorite with the best record in the league. No, it is just they want a chance to compete for championships, and that means getting within the conference finals. And if if you're looking at this team and it's not looking good, like um, I just feel like you have to you have to make a move quickly. Like I, I, how can they wait? Because with Jimmy Butler. And, and Kyle, like you essentially have this window. Um, and then you like your, your next resets, not till 2025, like you are locked in here. But, but, but guys, here's the thing, Alice, if, if, okay, we talk about with Jimmy and Kyle, but when you're talking about having Jimmy and Kyle and bam, there's only so much tweaking you can do around that. Like you're not saying you're going to replace any of the three of them, right? Alex, like this is the core the most you could really do to upgrade it significantly during say Pat's window here of running the franchise is, is to move hero and the other pieces of which and all the picks. Okay. All the way into the future. Right. Like, but again, the step in rule is going to prevent some of that, but like Alex, like, I mean, how different could they really look in the next two years? I mean, everybody has signed extensions already. It's a good question. And like you said, you kind of alluded to this already, you know, they're locked in, but they're still a trade team and they still kept some of that flexibility and young guys like you guys already mentioned. And that's kind of important because we were kind of talking throughout the season uh, in the middle of the year when all the Lowry stuff was going on and, and, and there was a lot of smoke about that becoming a thing with Lowry becoming a heat player in the middle of the year. The expectations were about one of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero getting traded. You know, you retain both of them and, thus retain them as not only good players who we both, I mean, who we expect both of them to be even better this year with the addition of Lowry, but as assets. And again, not to just bring guys down that to down to that. I just think that it's important when you're talking about, you know, addressing the roster and how it's going to look in the future. Cause those are really their chips, right? Like you've got you know, whatever picks that, that can become available to them in the short term. You've got uh, the contracts of PJ Tyler and Duncan, that's your package. And then obviously you've got the Victor Oladipo stuff, like Leif is saying here in the chat, like if he turns out to be something that's another sweetener. Like if you get something out of KZ or one of these other young guys that maybe another team would like, it's probably not going to be KZ, but I just think like, it's going to have to be, you know, they're all in on being a trade team if they want to improve from here. I mean, Vic is an interesting mention. And I feel like we haven't talked about him enough in the pod and we probably need a full episode on him, to be honest. Uh, and we'll do that here, I think, over the next week or two. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, and Vic may be the lightning in the bottle. The reality is, you know, they've developed some players recently that they haven't cashed in on. Right. Like DJJ is one. They didn't really cash in on him in any way. None is another. They didn't cash in on him in, in any way. Um, and so you're right. I mean, they have to, the only way that they can really reconfigure this thing over the next couple of years is they would have to either get incredible development from a hero or an Oladipo on their roster where they become the fourth guy. And maybe that pushes them, you know, to championship contention, 
or they got to get something for those guys. I mean, that that's really where it's at or, or, or Duncan. And I don't mean to slight Duncan by saying he's not the fourth guy. He could be actually. Uh, but again, I, I think, I think we all agree. To be, the fourth guy, more... to be honest. Well, right. But I, I feel like for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Right now, but I, I feel like there's more upside potential to Hero or Oladipo in terms of where they are and where they could get to, either from Vic's health or, or Tyler just growing into being an NBA player, you know, from age 21. So I, I feel like there's more there. All right. After the break, um, you know, I want to, I want to dive into this a little bit further because the reality is most iconic sports figures don't get the exit they want. Um, and I think we've got to consider that and, and what that would look like if Riley doesn't, because it's very rare that John Elway walks off the field here in Miami uh, after winning a championship or, or others that we've seen. It just does not happen every, any, very much where guys get the ending they want. And the reality is when they get the ending they want, they don't want it to be the ending and they decide that they're going to keep going, which is the other thing that might end up happening with Pat, uh, knowing his history here. But anyway, before we get to that, tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We want you to sign up, okay? Use the code FIVE. It's simple. F-I-V-E. Go to prizepicks.com. That's prizepicks.com. That's where you can play NFL, you don't have to be playing NBA all the time when it's not going on. We understand that. Play the NFL. We got big NFL games obviously coming up week one here pretty soon, but they got the futures. Go through it. They've got pretty much all of your passers, your rushers, your receivers. Take a look at it. Um, I just went under on Ryan Tannehill this season. I do not think he's throwing for 4,050 yards even in the 17-game season. Take a look at it, pair them together. It gives you something to follow for the entire year. And of course, then get ready for week one and start to look at those props that are there on the site. So that's the daily fantasy partner of the five reasons sports network. It's prizepicks.com. Make sure you're using that code F I V E five to get your matching bonus when you sign up. And it's really simple. If you have questions, DM us or check out Prize Picks on Five, which is a show I do with Dave, David Eversall every other day on the YouTube channel. Um, let's get to that because, I, you know, if Riley had decided, I feel like there were different points where Pat could have moved on. Um, his whole idea was, you know, to have a generational team with everybody going to each other's barbecues. He talked about that. That's what the big three was supposed to be. It was supposed to be his last team but it was supposed to last for a decade like the Lakers teams did when he was there or like uh, the Spurs over sort of a 15 year period LeBron broke the chain LeBron left he broke the chain he infuriated Pat it took him years to get over it okay I don't know if he's I still don't know if he's completely over it but obviously at the time it was worse than it is now they the team again went through a little bit of a downfall he stuck around to try to rebuild it kind of to show the world that they could win without LeBron. Then you had the Bosch blood clots. I don't know that that was a championship team anyway, but it certainly was a highly competitive team. And then obviously the mistakes of 2016, 2017, whether it was the way they dealt with Dwayne or some of the contracts that they passed out. But now I feel like Riley, whatever image 
shot that Riley took during that period, he's recovered from completely locally and for whatever it matters nationally, right? Like locally for sure. Okay. Because the whole Riley's washed and all that, that was over as soon as he got Jimmy. Okay. And got rid of Hassan. I feel like, like, I feel like those, those two moves in one day, Pat was back. Okay. Like that's, and I feel like getting to the finals and the whole heat culture narrative and everything like that, that there's sort of a reinvention from his Laker days and everything else. And now he's remembered in a lot of ways as a heat guy and, and that he, he is fully back. But again, it doesn't always end like you want, Greg, like I, I'm for most executives. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember was Phil, ja- Phil Jackson in L.A. left on his own terms, did he not? But then he went to New York, he pushed the envelope too yeah, far and it, right and it didn't work out too well yeah and and even the thing in la i think you know that kind of um flamed out in a weird way towards the end um sometimes you know guys come to the end of their run and i know that's a little bit of a different situation because phil was so um you know he was much more uh close to coaching versus mm-hmm. where pat is today right um but it's interesting like i guess where we're heading here is like what does the what does the um does the Pat Riley uh, retire, but we feel really bad about the way it ended? Like, I guess it's injuries. Like that's the number one thing that could hit this, the injury bug that you just can't control. So that's one. And two is if you go real all in and you mortgage all your picks Mm -hmm. and then whatever you do doesn't work. And then you end up in a place where you don't have uh, flexibility to improve and that kind of thing moving forward. But the one thing that they've done right, and it's, it could be the saving grace of all this guys. And that is that they have a guy that's bridging this gap and that's Bam Adebayo. He w- right. He'll be the player that they can lean on in the next build. You know, when you look at like the next time they'll have practical cap space, it's probably the summer of 2025 and they can rebuild around Bam. So it's like, if the whole future isn't mortgaged and you get through this era, um, I think that that's kind of like what you hope for. If they have no picks by the time you get there, that's a problem. Well, they've also bridged the gap on the, on the other side, on, on the, on the front office coaching side in the fact that they've got a guy in Eric Spolstra who, if the time comes where there's a feeling that the Pat doesn't want to continue or it's not working out anymore, it's, it's, it's easy to transition. If you have that guy in the organization who's giving you that stability for almost as long as Pat's been here, but obviously as the head coach since 08. Uh, but but I, I guess, Alex, I mean, to me, the thing is this. Uh, there's nothing I think Riley can do to tarnish his overall legacy. I said that at the very beginning. I think the only thing that would leave a bad taste on the way out is what Greg said. You go all in, uh, but you make the wrong moves. You mortgage the future and you don't get there, right? Like, I, I don't feel like if they're just a highly competitive team that loses in the second round a couple times, that that's going to be seen as a stain on Pat's legacy. It's, it's really hard to get back to the finals. For sure. And I, I agree with you there. And I, I just think it's really hard to, it's also like, you know, he's had such a long, long career, decades spanning the NBA. And I know we're talking about him specifically with his heat tenure, that it's really hard to tarnish him at all, just because he's won at all levels and just kind of won at everything he's done. Um, you know, some can say he's a better executive than player. And that's probably fair. Just because he's, you know, he's won a lot. Well, more I think he would say he's a better executive player. Are you saying oh, yeah. better executive than no, coach? I mean, well, you know that too. That's the that's the other one that I think people would really debate about. I just think because of all of this, right? Like this whole sample of Pat's career, it's really hard to 
just kind of put a lot of pressure on this last stint. I just think he has that pressure on himself right. and it's why he's extended it for so long. He's like, we're really going all in now. Right. Like he was, he was just there. Like I said earlier in the show, he got a taste of it once again. And I think that's, that's what they're coming for. I just, just like everybody else would say right now, it's, there's no guarantees with it. Like the East is just as tough as, as it's been, I think. And I know like a lot of times we, we kind of say that going into the season, but I really do believe that. Like, I think there's, about 11 or 12 playoff teams in the East right now. The more that I look at it, if, if you want to like throw Toronto in there and Charlotte, for example, I just think not that those guys are going to affect the Heat's playoff chances or anything like that. I just think they're going to have to have a, a pretty good regular season, get decent seating, make sure they get the right matchups because that's what it always comes down to. And look, man, it, it would be a little bit disappointing if it's just a bunch of second round exits, but that's more of like, you know, we're just so used to, the success right like we heat fans and and people who, who have covered the heat we expect more because that's what they have done for the and and especially with like having seen jimmy and bam get to the final so recently the simple math is you know the bucks added drew holiday goron declined now you got goron out of here replacing with kyle who's i think a lot of people would say is better than drew holiday right and like just if you want to talk about the bucks matchup all the different ways they can score on the nets it seems like they really do have a competitive shot to get right back there. And I would feel good about it. I just don't know that, you know, those second round exits would really tarnish anything for Pat at this point. Alex, you know, what's funny about it. I could see them getting back there, but I could also see struggles because of the other thing you mentioned. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of easy nights in the East this year. I really don't. And I don't know that there's going to be for the next couple of years because some of these teams we're talking about, like we didn't even talk about Charlotte when we were talking about the East a couple of days ago and they have a big time ascending player in LaMelo ball who elevates his teammates. Like it, they're not that many tweaks away from being a really compelling team. Now I know a lot of people don't trust Michael, you know, but they do trust Mitch Kupchak. I mean, he's done a pretty decent job kind of reshuffling this thing and he did a pretty decent job in LA and Pat's very familiar with Mitch. Uh, so, I mean, there are teams in the East, I mean, Atlanta, like Trey Young's not going to get worse. Uh, I mean, he's going to get better. There, there are good young players in that grouping. I mean, I look, I'm not a huge RJ Barrett pl uh, person, but I mean, he could, he has the potential to take another step and elevate in New York. So there are uh, beyond the Brooklyn's the Milwaukee's, obviously we're going to talk more about Philadelphia as the Simmons situation plays out. Uh -huh. But there are a lot of teams in the East that look like they're going to get better. And, and I and so it, it, there aren't going to be easy nights. And, and that's why I, I think, you know, I was looking at the Heat's number of 48 and a half. I don't know. I, I, I think they may be under it. And I still think they may be a more compelling playoff proposition this year. But for the as you mentioned, Greg, for the Heat, for Riley and Chris Bosch said this in his recent uh, conversation with Anthony Chang at the Herald. And we're trying to get Chris on the pod here again is, you know, he basically said, like, there's winning and there's misery. Like, the Heat, like, Riley's not going to look at a bunch of second round, no matter how more competitive the East has gotten, he's not going to look at second round exits as the way he wants to finish this thing. Like, that that's You're right. that's not going to be it, Greg. Like, no. right? So And that, that's why, like, and I, I put this in the chat, too, as we're kind of conversing back and forth as we formulate the show uh, via text, is, like, I almost think Riley also has the opportunity with his next move. And this is also Andy. So shout out to not just Pat, but also Andy that like there is, I think an expectation amongst the fan base that because they were able to keep um, Oladipo 
and also get Lowry. So two guys that they were, everyone was coveting at the deadline. They got both of them and they kept Duncan and hero that now you have the ammunition to make the next move. If a Bradley Beal or whoever becomes available. So like that next move will also have a big um, influence on what this final build, if we're going to call this Pat's final build uh, ultimately looks like. So I think that that's just also the element that's kind of humming in the background doing pushups. And we'll have to see what that looks like. I'm with you though. I think that's the way we should characterize this. This really is Pat's final build. I mean, there's going to be layers to it, but the final build is the Jimmy Butler build. And, and, you know, we can talk about Bam uh, being there as the bridge, as you said, and it's possible during this tenure that Bam elevates above Jimmy, particularly if Bam takes Chris Bosch's advice, becomes more aggressive uh, that, that he elevates during this time. But this is, the Jimmy build, like there was, uh, you know, there was the Zoe build. I mean, Tim was there, but it was the Zoe build. Okay. That was the first build. Uh, the, and then, you know, even, even the bringing in Eddie Jones and Brian Grant, that was supposed to be part of the Zoe build. That was all part of one era. Obviously it didn't work out the way that they hoped. And then there was the Dwayne build, which obviously the, the extra layer of that was Shaq. There was the big three build, which, and you know, when I had a conversation with somebody pretty high up in the heat organization out at summer league, a couple of years ago in Vegas, you know, they basically described this to me that this is the way the organization looks at this, that there are these small sort of consolidation valleys. Okay. Where you're accumulating these assets to try to go forward. And the person was trying to explain, we're in one of these stages. We just need a guy to come. That's basically it. Jimmy was that guy who came. It's sort of like a stock, right? A stock that is going up. If you own Apple stock, you see this. It goes up, it goes up, it goes up, comes down a little bit, consolidates for a little bit, and then there's another rise up. The, the thing about the heat that's been different than the Dolphins and other organizations is the stock keeps going up. The heat are Apple, okay? They're not a high flyer anymore. They're not, I mean, it's not like buying Tesla at the jump. They're at, you know kind of what you're going to get. You're going to get a dividend, they're going to be consistent. They're going to be winners. Okay. What's Philadelphia? <laughs> Some of the stuff in my portfolio. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what Philadelphia is. Philadelphia. You know what Philadelphia is? Philadelphia is when I decided to buy Kodak stock because they got a big, uh, they, they got a big contract from, uh, from Trump during his administration. And then all of a sudden there were all these investigations into Kodak during that period of time. And it lost 72% of its value and I'm still sitting on it. That's the sick, that's the sick process. That, that, like that, that's, a, that's a bad process. The heater Apple. Okay. They, they're the, the Sixers are Kodak. You but, say but, Ben but really, Simmons lost 72% of his value. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. Well, I, I think Daryl Moore is going to get about 28% of value on Ben Simmons by the time he finally trades him. But but this is the Jimmy build. This is a Jimmy build. And, and I, to me, the worst case scenario, and I don't see this ever happening, is that it flames out between Jimmy and the organization that's before true. the end of his contract. That that would be right. That's you that's the thing that would be right. the state. You nailed it. Right. That's the thing. If those two guys who like, if you think about an organization and a player that are a match made in heaven, I don't think anyone would point to two to, to the heat and Jimmy, like there's nothing uh, two players and like an organization and a player don't connect the way that those two guys do. So if they flamed out, that would absolutely be a stain, particularly because of Jimmy's connection to Dwayne Wade, Jimmy's connection to Dwayne. And also the fact that Pat's relationship with the last sort of megastar other than Dwayne, who was here, who was LeBron, uh, didn't end well, you know, in terms of obviously their communication and we have a texting relationship and all that. The Jimmy relationship has been much warmer, much more symbiotic. 
if that falls apart, I think that is the one thing. I think anything short of that or and the heat like missing the playoffs two straight years, I, I don't think uh, will be a significant stain. All right. Thanks to Greg and Alex for joining us. Something we'll talk about <laughs> more in the future. I think we've got an Ola Depot episode coming. The more that I think about this, I think we need to dive into that. Maybe maybe with some medical people too, kind, kind of get a little better sense of that. So I think we'll do a Vic episode coming up this week. Check out our sponsors, prizepicks.com. Use that code five. Therapist preferred, use the code five reasons, get 25% off. We always mention manscaped.com. Use the code five RSN to get 20% off. We got a lot of codes. You, got, you guys get a lot of discounts with us. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.